Hey everybody and welcome back to Side Sessions. You <laughs> Close. That's about right. That's solid. We should keep that. That's perfect. I'm Kristen and I got Justin, Jess, and K10 with me this week. We are driving. <laughs> Not really. This week, we are talking all about exercise and mental health for our side session this week. So when it comes to exercise or just moving our body, what are some ways that that helps our mental health? Stress reduction. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. I was just looking at a meta-analysis that was walking in one meta-analysis and yoga in the other for depression. And they were both moderate effect sizes, which if you know anything about stats is like, yo, I should try them. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like different exercises give me different levels of relief when it comes to stress. Mm-hmm. Like if I lift, yeah. I feel like I'm like, it's when I'm angry. I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. You know, but if I'm like walking and I'm angry, I just feel a little weird, you know? So I start mm-hmm. running or something. I, I feel like there's different levels. If you're experiencing emotions, at least that's how I see it for me. Um, if I'm like mm-hmm. a little sad girl or something, I'll go for a walk, you know, and then maybe it'll make me feel better, you know, but I'm not going to lift. I'm going to cry. You know what I mean? It's just like, I got to pick the right one. <laughs> I'm, I'm being go, honest. I'm like I swear. Walking, I'm going to walk down my street <laughs> with just tears. No, seriously. If I'm lifting, I don't have time to cry. Like I, like I do, but like, yeah. is, you know, this is K10 walking down the street with sunglasses on. <laughs> for real. For real. It I do. Is, it would it be helps. hard to lift and cry. I know I'm really thinking about that. Like, just imagine. If you're bawling, like, sobbing figures. Like, just figure you're sobbing. And lifting. I feel like you can shed a tear, like, when you finish the the set. You're, like, dropping your weights. And you're, like, (laughs) maybe. Got this. That was was me today. I was, like, arms trembling. It helps, though. If you're having a day. I mean, I think it's good to be consistent, too. I, I think a lot of times the movement in our bodies, no matter what the exercise is, right? Whether it's, you know, you're going and you're running two miles on a treadmill mm. or you're stretching at home, um, right? Movement can, can be a huge spectrum. But I think that what that does is it gives a place for energy to go. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when we have you know, those emotions or stress or anything, it's building up inside of us. And there are a million ways that we can, you know, release that. But for many people that that movement of that body is just an easy way Mm. um, to let that out. Yeah, I totally agree with the energy release. And the first thing I thought of when you said that is like, how much clarity it brings. Mm -hmm. Like I know for me when I'm like locked in intrusive thoughts or I'm just anxious about something, like I will literally lock up my body. Like Mm -hmm. I'll catch myself like rolling my shoulders forward. I'm usually kind of looking downward. Like I'll feel my body like lock up, like Mm -hmm. literally, like it's, it's so weird how that happens. And then when I like break out of that, if I go for a walk, if I do yoga, it's weird how moving the body, opening the body leads for more flexibility in the mind. Like yeah. often the thing I was stuck in all of a sudden isn't that big of a thing. 
And I know mm-hmm. like through talking about it in psychotherapy, we often experience the same thing, but there's something with movement that I think provides like options and flexibility. Mm-hmm. I think it, it helps people like access that part too, if they're like feeling a little bit of that apprehension, because sometimes talking about it could feel like overwhelming True. You have to like commit to the conversation. But if you're exercising, you could kind of spend all that time thinking or not, you know, distract yourself or whatever it is. Well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jess, you, you would have the answer. <laughs> Wasn't EMDR created out of the creator, like running or going for a walk? Mm-hmm. And realizing that bilateral stimulation of the body movement helped, like, regulate and reprocess. I'm like eighty percent. That's sure badass. What it is? I actually don't know because I know nothing about EMDR. But Justin's vigorously nodding his head. Yeah, she. I'm, <laughs> I think it was walking. It was either walking or jogging. But she noticed not just movement, but if she while she was doing that, if she moved her eyes in that bi- classic EMDR motion, that it was like the the images didn't distress her as much. Mm-hmm. So wow. it was like she was moving and doing the eye movements at the same time. Psychologist Francine Shapiro came up with EMDR in 1989 while walking through the woods one day when she happened to notice that her own negative emotions lessened as her eyes started from side to side. Look at you all. She was literally like, let me just go for a stroll one day. Yeah. (laughs) Yo, this is like getting off topic, but I was using it as an example in one of my lives, how sometimes like you discover something and then the science of why it works comes later. Like a lot mm-hmm. of times we just think, mm-hmm. oh, everything's discovered in the little lab and we take it out of the lab and put it in real life. No, sometimes it's the opposite. Like we stumble upon things. We're like, why is this working? And then you're like, yeah. does it work? And then you study it in the lab and you're like, yo, this actually does work. And we're not sure mm-hmm. why. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. So wild. Yeah. Even I I was just thinking about like being outside in nature because my dissertation was on nature exposure. And um, we looked at like yoga and exercise and nature walks too. And it like has this like great doubling effect where people are able to reduce stress, but then also be incredibly mindful. So I even think Mm -hmm. exercise outside could be helpful for people who love the outdoors. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think too, like, you know, even just moving our bodies for 10, 15 minutes. Again, mm-hmm. whatever that movement of your body is can be helpful. It's just about intention. So again, if if all you can do today is stretching it out, like moving mm-hmm. your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can go for a two mile run, whatever, whatever it fits in with your life, like it has positive effects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think I've said this on this podcast. Every time I talk about moving our bodies, I always go back to Elle Woods and Legally mm-hmm. Blonde, where she, where if you've ne- spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Legally Blonde, if you haven't, that's your own fault at this point. <laughs> Speed cast. Um, where they're in the courtroom, and you know the wife is on on trial for killing her husband, and it gets to the point, and she's like, you know. Workouts make people happy. Exercising makes people happy. Happy people just don't kill their husbands. Mm-hmm. Because exercises releases endorphins. And like, mm-hmm. I messed that all up, but it's okay. It's okay. No. Yeah, that's right. 
But she's like a whole phrase of it is. But it's a whole phrase she says where like, you know, it releases those happy chemicals in our brain. Now, again, going for a jog, is it going to cure your clinical depression? Mm -hmm. Probably not. There might be more going on there. But does it help? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I think, Justin, you said this in, was it the last episode? Like, you focus on like the tiny step, like the 5% better, you know? And that's kind of what exercise to me is. It's like, okay, like Kristen's saying, it's not going to fix it, but it's going to make it a little easier for me to like maybe get through the day, maybe, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, not to make it about me, but yesterday I had that exact scenario where I was so irritable. You ever have one of those days where it's like all the little things went wrong and you're just like, for me, my skin was like crawling. And then the last thing, it was time for me to go to bed, but it was like the last thing I could do is like go to bed and go to sleep. And then I'm getting more mad about that. Like I can't even go to sleep. All this shit went wrong today. And I'm like literally so irritable. And I literally went in my mental like warfare with myself of like, dude, just go for a 20 minute walk. Just go for a walk. And I literally fought it for like a good portion of an hour. And then finally was like, I was sitting in bed. I'm like, there ain't no way I can do this. So I put on my shoes, went for a walk. It it was legit like 21 minutes. And when I walked back to the door, I was like, dang, like, why does that work so well? You like get pissed at yourself. I'm like, you're just like, you're mad at how well it worked. And you're like, I could have went a few hours ago when I was like pacing around my house, like angry about the day. (laughs) What am I going to do about this thing and whatever. But I was like, and then I went to bed so peaceful, went to sleep. It was like, but I was like, yo, we are built to move. You being static in your irritability about these things that aren't working out for you. Like it's not working. But yeah. listen, mm-hmm. therapists also resist the thing that you know will help. Oh, somehow. yeah. We're the worst. We're the worst. I know. It's yeah. almost the same as, as if like when you're feeling really, really like upset about something, but like you're kind of just angry and somebody asks like, so how are you really? And then you're like, oh, God, <laughs> it's like this like release, right? Like once you give into it, you're just like, oh, this is what I needed. You know, it's the same with exercise, I think, because I resist mm-hmm. it, too. I'm like. I'm just going to sob on this walk. Like, and I'm like, I'm going to sob on the walk, whatever. Like, it'll be okay. You know, mm-hmm. then I feel better too. I think something a lot of people, I guess, get hesitant about like, oh, I don't like exercise. And I know, Justin, you mm-hmm. brought this up, like, okay, what type of exercise? And whenever I talk to my clients about movement, I use the word movement because not all people like traditional exercise. They don't like running. They don't like lifting weights swimming, things like that. Um, And I think it's important when we think about the relation between exercise and mental health is that, or movement and mental health is that people are choosing movement that is enjoyable for them. I mean, walking, I feel like most people, unless you have like chronic pain in general, is enjoyable. But if you like dancing, if you like stretching, yoga, Pilates, if you just, I don't know, like rolling on the floor with your dogs, that's still like Mm -hmm. movement. And I think it's important that when we talk about the connection between movement and mental health, that people aren't forcing themselves to engage in movement they don't enjoy. Because that's not Mm -hmm. like, yes, it might benefit your mental health overall. You might be like, okay, that was not as bad as I thought. But you're not going to go for a run if you hate running. So you're not going to get the benefits Uh of exercise on mental health if you avoid doing the thing because you don't like the thing you're telling yourself you have to do. It's true. Yeah. 
I mean, that's, that's so true. It's anything that you can do consistently. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I mean, ideally you'd be doing this a few times a week, um, in the ideal, but I know not to take us in a totally other different direction, but on Netflix, <laughs> I just watched that new blue zone documentary that came out. I think it was like a month or two ago, but anyways, they studied all these different areas where people live over a hundred and they like, are, why are these people, you know, living over a hundred more than other places around the world? Like, what are these people doing? Well, one of the biggest takeaways are they're less car dependent. They're more foot and bike dependent, meaning they walk and bike regularly. They don't have gyms. That's the one thing I've noticed going to Europe. I'm privileged Mm -hmm. enough to have traveled, huge privilege to be able to do that. But places that are really walkable and bikeable, they don't have gyms. They don't freaking Mm -hmm. need gyms. They walk everywhere. They bike everywhere. But I I do like being in different cultures, watching watching that documentary. It does make you think about that a lot. Like I we are so car dependent and we're making everything like I see these kids with electric skateboards and I'm totally the old man on the block. Like, dang it. Kids, get like off that electric skateboard and push. Like it makes me worried though. It legit makes me worried. Of, like we're literally taking away every form of movement possible out of our lives and thinking it's good for us when the research shows it's the dead opposite. It's bad for us. Mm-hmm. It's so true. I like just think about like, if I just decided, like, I never want to leave my house again. Like I, I could easily do that. Like everything's delivered. No. Like I don't have to, I could literally lay in, I could literally sit in this chair all day long and like never have to get up. But I notice on the days that I do that, I am mm-hmm. really not okay. Like I just, mm-hmm. my sleep drive isn't high enough. I'm laying in bed, tossing and turning. And I'm like, I hate this. Um, mm-hmm. And I also like it, it does affect my mood. I don't know about you guys. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I started really intentionally working out back in the spring and, and kind of then proceeded to switch jobs where I primarily work from home by myself. Mm. And I realized like one, as much as I hate it, the working out has helped my mental health. Even if I hate running, I feel better afterwards, but I also realized like everything else that came with that. So I go to a gym and I chose a group class gym for the fact that it was with other people. And so now I'm creating connections and friends Mm -hmm. and I have banter with people now versus like that. I don't get anymore now that I work kind of basically on my own. Mm -hmm. And so there are also like, when it comes to movement and things in our mental health, yes, you can do things all by yourself. Absolutely. But there's also the ability to do things to also connect, right? Scheduling a weekly walk with a friend, like something so kind of simple, but also creates that connection as well. I love that you brought up that connection piece, because when I think of like movement and mental health, I I mean, I think there's definitely a direct, you know, correlation, increased movement, better mental health. But then I also think of, and this is like my nerd research brain, like those mediators that also help. So like social connection, if you're doing, you know, your group classes, Justin doing his pickleball, things like that, like that is social connection. And we know social connection helps mental health. I also think of 
going back to our like chronic illness episode where we really talked about physical health and mental health, if you're moving your body more and I don't know, your cardiovascular system's better, maybe you're not as in, in as much pain, all those types of things. So your physical health is better. Your mental health is also going to be better because we know those two things are highly correlated. So I think, and we talked about nature, you know, nature is another mediating um, factor. So I think there's so many ways that movement can benefit the mental health in addition to the movement itself. Oh yeah. So a question I have for you all, like, do you ever like prescribe movement or use it as a treatment goal and therapy? And what does that kind of look like for your clients? Yeah, I do often. I mean, just, I, I, I don't want to like go way out on a limb, but there's part of me that feels like it's borderline unethical to know (laughs) something that drastically shapes mental health and not evaluate and sort of prescribe. Mm -hmm. Like that would feel, it'd be like socialization, like me just ignoring it altogether, (laughs) knowing the vast (laughs) impact it has on your mental health. But yeah, but and it goes into the conversation we're having here of how nuanced it gets of like, what interests you exactly mm-hmm. what you said of like, is there, and I, you know, I definitely had the clients who are like nothing. I'm like, ah. I'm like, what kind of music do you like? And the, yeah. the way I go is like, we're going to have you listening to your music and we're going to have you walk around your apartment complex. Like, and that, that has always been a good bridge. I don't know why every client I've had who's like anti-movement or exercise, they really are into music. I'm like, yo, let's go. But there's something about listening to music that naturally changes our mood and does something for us. I think it pairs nicely with walking and movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it, it's something I'm evaluating a lot, you know, for a lot of different people in different situations, but especially for depression. And I know, like we had talked about in our other episode that, yes, it's the hard thing to do. And we want to make small steps in getting the body moving because it does make such a big impact. Yeah, I'm the same way. When I when I was working with clients like that, like I always try to get to start small. And one of the things that most of us always do is go grocery shopping. That's good. Mm-hmm. And so I tell people like when I was, when I was actively grocery shopping, like I would walk up and down every aisle. It didn't matter if I needed something in that aisle because then I intentionally moved my body five or six extra aisles. I would intentionally on days where it wasn't pouring raining park further away from the door. So a lot of times, like when I, when I, when I look at adding exercise or movement with clients, I start in that small, in those baby steps, like how can you add it to things you're already doing? So if I have a client who is like, like wants to move their body more in whatever capacity, like I know what I started doing well before I started going to the gym is I would do squats when I was brushing my teeth. Mm, smart. Mm-hmm. Like every time I used the bathroom, I would do wall push-ups, And that was what I wanted because I was like, how can I integrate this? Because right now the idea of going to a gym for me, if that's my end goal, that's what I wanted was too big for me. And I knew mm-hmm. I was going to do it like five or six times and then be like, I'm done. 
And so I always work with the client and kind of say, okay, where is your starting line? Because mm-hmm. you could have a, you could have a, like a finish line of where you want to end up, but where are you starting? Um, mm-hmm. And really looking at how can I integrate even movement into daily? Because that's something I hear often from my clients. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have time to go walk for an hour. Okay. So where can we integrate it? That's good on you. <laughs> it's good on you because all I do is like, let's evaluate your time. And then all of a sudden <laughs> people have well, time. That is, that yeah. is also a thing. Absolutely. But I say, I say that too, not to minimize that. I think we all say that at different times, but mm-hmm. when I, then when I evaluate, I'm like, yeah, I could cut down on my three hours of scrolling. I guess, <laughs> right. I, guess I got 20 minutes in yeah. my three hours of scrolling. You can scroll scrolling. while walking. While walking. You, you could, could if you really wanted to. Just watch out I for mean, the crosswalks. Yeah. To, I, I, I would echo everything that you guys said too. I even think like, I like to bring a little bit of, for some people who are like, Oh, I really like doing this one thing like music. I'll say, well, the pre-Mac principle, you guys know about the pre-Mac principle. Yeah. It's like when one lesser frequent behavior is paired with a high frequency behavior, then the low frequency behavior increases naturally because you're doing them together. So it's like, if you're listening to music and you listen to that podcast, welcome to group therapy at least once a week. And you're like, I'm going hey, on my, yo weekly walk and I'm going to listen to the pod, you're, you know, you're going to listen to the pod. And if you listen to the pod while you walk, same thing. And, and I even think too, for people who, um, they might have a value of wanting to engage in movement, but they might have accessibility issues. I work mm-hmm. with a lot of people who might have accessibility issues and they're in their head too, of like, but I want to walk, but I can't because maybe there's mm-hmm. issues with their legs or something like that. And it's like, okay, what could we get? What can we do? That's kind of close to that. It's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of a lot of, I don't know, mental focus too on like being okay with it not being ideal. You know, it's just mm-hmm. part of it, I think. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull a, pull a KBI right now. And every group member listening next week, when the side session drops, I want you during that episode to move <laughs> some form of your body. Ooh. Don't roll your eyes because I know you just grunted at me. I know you're listening Stupid. to this. You just grunted. Okay. And now you're rolling your eyes at me. Don't roll your eyes. I I can hear it from the future. Okay. Whatever way that may be, whether that's a walk, a run, some stretching, right? Just Mm -hmm. no, I'm going to say it right now, though. If you're on an electric skateboard, I hope you hit a rock. (gasps) Justin. Justin. I don't want you to get injured. I didn't say that. But electric skateboard does not count. No way, shape, or form. Get off your electric skateboard. These kids are making some serious speed, though. Like they could, they could circle an entire neighborhood in like literally thirty seconds. It's it looks insane. so fun. It, it looks, looks so fun. So fun, but it's not exercise. I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> it's not. It's so not they can ride fun. it for fun as long as that's not their exercise. Fair. Okay. You're seeing all these kids. What if they ran three miles in practice right before that? They probably did. Honestly, same, same, probably just saying. Just give them some credit. You they know. probably do. <laughs> Who knows? This makes me, makes me worried. Makes me yeah. worried. Yeah. But that's my challenge to all of you group members is doing something. Oh, and now man. I'm going to get DMs being like, now you're calling us out in the podcast. Yes, I am. Oh, you, you bet your fucking to. ass I am. <laughs> K-10, I love that you brought up like accessibility because yeah, some people 
for whatever reason, can't always move their bodies in the way. And when you were talking about that, I think of the rehab that's attached to our hospital and they do adaptive yoga. So, oh, so um, cool. most people in it are um, in a wheelchair during that time of rehab, but they still like adapt it and they still move the body. And I've done it when I go over with my clients and it is so like calming and relaxing and you just feel better. And there's a mindfulness Mm -hmm. component as well. So there are definitely ways um, Mm -hmm. people can move their body, even if they're limited in what they would like to do. And another thought that came to mind, I don't know if any of you have done this. I've done walk and talk therapy at times. Oh, I used to love Um, that. Yeah. And so I think that's a great way, one, to get people up and moving during the session. But I have least found with teenagers, they tend to open up more because you're not looking at one another. You're like two people walking beside one another. I do that in the hospital a lot. If like somebody has been staying in bed a lot and they just don't have the motivation to get up, maybe not clinical depression, but they're depressed because they're in the hospital. And I'm like, okay, we can get up and walk together. Like, obviously they have to consent because we'll be walking around and people will be around. And I have found that like pretty much every single time I've done that with someone, they open up more, they feel better. Mm-hmm. The session, like, especially in the hospital, cause I don't have like set times lasts longer than if we were That's just cool. in their room yeah. Um, and they feel better. It's my yeah. It's my favorite. Me too. When I worked in patient, I was like, who wants to go for a round? Let's go for a walk ski. And they're like, she's doing it again. God damn it. And they would, we would walk and talk. It was great. Walk and talk group therapy. Kind of. It was like the coolest thing. When I, uh, when I was in community mental health and I was seeing like six clients a day, seven clients a day, like it I would be getting like 20,000 steps because every hour I was walking because I was like pulling everybody out of the office. I'm like, let's go, let's go. Especially any, any of my teens, like we're, we're, we're going. Yeah. And this is a side point. Cause I totally agree with what y'all are saying and it's a great combination, but I would want you, as you try different movements to emphasize like, you're going to feel different depending on what you're doing. I know we made that point early in the podcast, but I want to like, just for you to hold that. Cause like for me, the best I've ever felt in my body is doing yoga teacher training. Cause I was doing yoga five times a week. But if you would have told me that as someone who's like an athlete, who's competed in a lot of sports, a a big runner, everyone in my family runs. If you would have told me yoga is what's going to improve your mood and have you feel the best like mental health and everything you've ever felt, I'd have been like, not a shot. I'm not flexible. I can't even touch my toes. And that sounds dreadful. So stay curious. I don't, I'm with K10. I don't usually feel, and maybe you weren't quite saying this. I don't usually feel great after I lift weights, mm-hmm. but I feel strong. And sometimes mm-hmm. feeling strong is it is just what I needed that day. But if I go for a run, it will release something a little bit more for me. Um, so again, I think if you pay attention to your body and your mood, you'll notice how different movements impact you because yeah, I'm with what Jess was saying earlier. You might try something and be like, "Mm, it didn't shift my mood in a way maybe I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to make you all move with me when the podcast gets together and we all do an orange theory class together. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not a cardio queen by any means, but yeah, I'll do it. Like just insane. I'll, I'll do it. I'll try it. See what happens. If, if my mood it. isn't fixed, I'm done. She's like, if my life isn't fixed by this one singular class. If it doesn't cancel my student loan debt, I'm out. I'm not, never doing it again. Ever. Uh, like, it's, it's not worth it. Like, sorry, I brought it up. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that is God. one thing. And one way exercise cannot help your mental health. It does not Can't help. cancel no. student loan debt. No, bankruptcy won't either. You know, so it's just, yeah. <laughs> sorry. That's another side session things, topic. Things, things K-10 has pondered in her life. Yo. I mean, there's a lot know. she has pondered. Oh, <laughs> bad mind is vast and scary. It's, it's so bad. It's so weird. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming to this week's side session. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you share, rate, subscribe this episode, and we will see you next week in group therapy. Bye. Bye. Yeah. yeah.